He's Myron Weber. And he's Jeremy Thomas. And this is Mental Supermodels, the podcast where we explore the theory and practice, the art and science of mental modeling for problem solving and decision making. And mental supermodels are practical techniques that influence your mindset when approaching these complex problems and driving decisions. All right, we're at episode 12, Myron. We made it this far. <laughs> Indeed. And, uh, you know, in the last episode, we talked a lot about establishing trust through communication. And this next stage that we're moving into in our six-stage framework is validation, which isn't to be confused with measuring our outcomes. We're going to talk about that in, in our final stage. But when you're validating, you're constantly checking your activities and the deliverables against what's expected. And that's why the validate stage is parallel to our mapping stage, because what you produced there is what you're now validating against. And actually, may, uh, maybe even more importantly, if you're not able to validate what you're doing, which essentially means that what you're delivering wasn't a part of the business, plan, uh, business case or use case definition, then you might be off track. And that's, you know, and that's what we're looking to talk about today. Yeah, I like the, the way that you teed it up in one of our earlier episodes when we talked about the, the, the lateral connections between the elements of the model. The discovery stage within the strategy pillar matches up with the measure stage within the execution pillar. The map stage matches up with the validate stage and the prioritize stage matches up with the manage stage. And I think that's a really good way of looking at it because what happens is that each of these strategy stages gets successively more specific in, in the planning exercise. And then you have to monitor at an equivalent level, right? And so managing corresponds to the level at which you prioritize things. And now as we're at the validation, that really corresponds back to the map stage of saying, it's not just that we're validating individual tasks or down at some detailed level, like, okay, it's time for data validation or that sort of thing. It's really at that same level at which you lay out your roadmaps or, or your destinations, your goals that say to achieve these objectives, what are the goals that we want to accomplish? And we need to validate that we are on track. That's the way I'm understanding the validate stage. I know you're going to explain it in a little more detail and correct anything I got wrong, but am I mostly on track? No, that's right. That's All right. right. And, you know, of course, of course, things can change once you really get moving uh, during the execution phase. As you said, mapping, we mapped during the, the strategy phase. Now we're in the execution phase. And, you know, of course things can change, but that's what the validate stage is here for. It basically provides guardrails for, you know, for you and, and your team to follow as you're executing. And, you know, this stage of course is also heavily dependent on communication, just like any other stage is. Uh, and especially like we talked about in our last couple of episodes, but I think what we'll focus on here is maintaining guardrails and staying on track. And a guiding principle for me during this stage is to be open to changes while respecting the guardrail. And what I mean by that is we know that things change and that's okay. Uh, and that's why we can 
kind of uh, work our way through these changes and that that should be acceptable to change direction, but have guardrails so that you can still maintain a level of focus. So that's a guiding principle is to be open to changes while respecting the guardrails. And if we think about our boundary formula, remember this is the validate stage is a boundary in our framework and our boundary formula that we like to use is purpose, constraints, activities, and outcomes. Those are the, uh, the things that guide us through each boundary. And if we start with the end in mind, which are our outcomes, the outcome in this case is the successful validation that the work you're producing is providing the value that you expect. So with that being the outcome, going back to the purpose, the purpose in this stage is to stay on track and in alignment or realign as necessary. That's the purpose. The constraints, well, the constraints uh, are the reality of chaos that you have to contend with. The activities, uh, you want to periodically pause and pull up the business cases or use cases to check what you're doing and producing aligns with the original intent. So that's our purpose, constraints, activities, and outcome during this stage. And Myron, if you have thoughts about how we can successfully navigate this, I'd like to hear those. One thing that comes to mind is an internet meme that goes way back to, I think, before we were even calling them memes. I remember seeing this in uh, in the 90s uh, as like signature lines on people's internet forum posts and that sort of thing. And that is a really, uh, really interesting saying. It goes like this. The difference between theory and reality is that in theory, reality doesn't matter. But in reality, it does. So it lays out... I think a really, really poignant uh, way of looking at this stage, because as we went through the strategy pillar and in the map stage, we said, okay, to achieve the objectives that we want, here are the goals and here's the path of how we're going to get there. Well, that was all done in theory. Now, it wasn't blind theory. It was based on experience. It was based on principles and mental models. There are lots of reasons to believe that the the maps that were laid out were valid, but in reality, you're going to run into things that you didn't account for, either things you didn't know at the time, things that have changed since when you made the plan. And so you have to be adjusting for the, the reality of the situation. And I think that's, that's fairly obvious when we stop and think about it, but people caught up in the moment of working on something, and particularly when they're given a goal, they're given a plan, and they work on it, uh, they can kind of lose track of the fact that adjustments need to be made in order to, uh, I think I think the way you laid it out, right, is to, to be flexible, uh, and willing to accept changes, and still stay within the guardrails. Yeah, and you once you once mentioned uh, an analogy about a a ship going through a canal or something, and and uh, you could probably tell it better than I can. But well, okay, yeah, right, right. So I think this is a um, similar to your to your guardrails, but maybe taking the same idea uh, a little differently. And that is not so much a ship going through a canal, but a ship crossing the ocean, right? So let's say it's going to leave the port of Long Beach and head for Singapore. Well. Uh, and I've never, 
I've never been a, a captain of a ship or or pilot, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say that if you drew a perfectly straight line, obviously following the curvature of the Earth, but uh, I drew a perfect a line directly along the curvature of the Earth from Long Beach to Singapore, very little of the time in that journey would the ship be exactly on that course, and if particularly let's even make it make it more challenging let's say that this is not a uh, a motorized vessel but actually a, a sailing ship right and so it's subject to the wind and that sort of thing so i think of the same concept that you're talking about with guardrails as sort of like tolerances and course corrections so that uh you you don't want to get so wildly off course that you're wasting a lot of energy and effort trying to make course corrections. And yet at the same time, the realities of the world, that chaos that you talked about, those things are going to push you off course. And so the goal is to make course corrections, stay within reasonable tolerances of what the ideal course would be, and then constantly refine that. So right, you're your tolerances somewhere out in the middle of the ocean might be wider than they would be as you get closer to Singapore, because the closer you get to your destination, you want to refine that and get closer and closer, obviously, to the target and not wildly off course right at the end as you're approaching your destination. So not a perfect analogy, but I think a pretty good one as it comes to how to manage initiatives and and validate and uh, go through the activities and and the the boundary model in terms of the purpose and the activities and the outputs within those constraints as you laid them out. Yeah, and what I like about your analogy, whether it's perfect or not, I think it's perfect. What I like about it is that the flexibility tightens as you get closer to your destination, but you still have to periodically validate that you're on the right course. And you know, if if I were to if I were to to visualize what you know the 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 model is the mental model technique is that we're looking to convey it's it is about tolerance and course correcting is one part of it and also validating that the value that you're producing or the direction you're heading is the value that you want or the destination you want to reach and that's where the validation comes in and the reason that that I believe that this is important is because the hazards that can occur at this stage is that you get derailed and it could happen because a series of decisions start leading you off path, not intentionally, but you can often find that one decision might lead to another decision and they start compounding. And now you find that you're actually not even producing the intended value that you started out with. And just coming back to what the, you know, the hazards are that you can encounter and what this overarching mental model technique is, it is about uh, thinking about what you're producing and the activities that you're performing and how those, and we go back to value, right? I always like to focus on what the value is, but if you, you know that you're producing value, but you want to validate that against what you were expecting to produce. And that's why this kind of this mental model technique is pausing looking at what you're doing, what output you've provided, what output you're planning to provide, and validate that against a business case or use case and say, here's what somebody is expecting to get out of this. Here are the, here's the solution that we're working on. 
the value of that solution and the objectives that that solution provides, which ultimately links back to one of our goals or multiple goals from our discover stage. It's, it's how it links together laterally between validating and mapping. So what you were just describing raises a question in my mind, and I don't know if you're prepared to talk about this now, or it might be something we follow up in a, in a future episode, but at what level is this validation done? And what I mean by that is, is you have people with different levels and roles within the organization. And when we think about the strategy pillar, typically the, the, objectives uh, in the discovery stage that may come down from the executives or whoever's within the leadership role, right? And then the mapping is sort of a, of a, uh, a, a joint exercise of the leadership and the, the management. And then you get, get to the prioritize and you may need to bring in other people who have knowledge of, you know, the various factors that go into the roadmap and those, the competing, uh, priorities there. So management, when we think of project management, we know there's a certain level of manager that's doing the, doing the project management and keeping things on track. And the validate, as it sort of connects back to the map stage, is this something that's done by the boots on the ground level? Is it done by the senior leadership, by something in between? I don't know if you have thoughts on that, and I've never asked you that before. So I'm kind of blindsiding you with a question here, but what do you think? That's all right. I think that it's actually a good point because what we're talking about doing here is connecting the whole organization from top to bottom, side to side, uh, is connecting the organization so that everyone understands the value that they're providing. Because yeah, oftentimes there are project managers. A lot of times there's not project managers. You're on your own producing something. But either way, whatever level of the organization you're at, it's really helpful to know, one, that you are providing value and how does that value impact the organization as a whole? So, you know, the business case might be at a really high executive level and maybe you're a cog in the wheel, if you think of yourself that way, but you're producing one deliverable within a big initiative. But you really want to understand how does that one deliverable tie in to the overall organization, the value that's being provided. So I think even at that level, it's really helpful to understand that what you're doing, not only that you're providing the right value, but that you're providing value in general. Mm -hmm. And that's just helpful uh, for, for you within an organization. So you should still be able to pull up a business case or a use case and see, even though I'm providing this one deliverable, which targets one milestone within this large initiative, ultimately, I should see, I should be able to link that back to the value that it'll provide. Yeah, that makes sense. And one other thing, I guess I'm thinking about this that I want to have you validate for me that ties back to what I just asked is the way that things proceed sort of temporally or chronologically within this six stage model. So the, the strategy pillar to me is sequential or, or possibly iterative, right? So you might have for one program or initiative, you've passed through the prioritize and, and map stage and you're, 
I'm through the discovery and map stage rather, and you're in the prioritize stage. Well, but that's not done just once for everything. So you might have another program or initiative that comes out of the discovery stage. So you might have activities going on at the same time within the strategy pillar uh, across all three of them. But for each program or project, it's moving sequentially through those and getting more specific. Whereas on the execution pillar, these things are really happening simultaneously. So you're managing and you're validating and you're measuring at the same time. And so the distinction is not sequential or temporal. It's really calling out that we have different levels or different types of activities that are going on at the same time. Does that make sense? And would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely uh, different activities at different levels going on during the execution stage. And that is a part of what kind of leads to the chaos that's going on. You know, we talked about one of the constraints here is the reality of chaos, because we know that it's not as simple as getting a plan and executing on it. There are a lot of other factors that are going on. And what we're trying to do here is provide these mental model techniques that can ground you and frame your thinking when you're in these situations of chaos. You know, in the last episode, we talked about in the managed stage, we talked about, for example, DMDs and TIDs, dates, milestones, deliverables, tasks, issues, decisions. It's just a frame of mind. It's a way that you can think about things to ground you. In this episode, uh, in this stage, the validate stage, uh, we're talking about having tolerances and course correcting, but uh, knowing that you need to validate periodically what you're doing. And yeah, there's a lot of activities going on. There's multiple levels that it's happening, but you need a way to ground yourself and, and determine, am I heading in the right direction? Rather than every day coming in, working on a task list that keeps getting longer, the, it's longer the, at the end of the day than it was at the beginning of the day. And that's where the chaos comes in. And a lot of things are happening and you just want to take the time to confirm that what you're producing is providing the value that's expected. Yeah. And I think of the manage stage as being more managing internal to the project, whereas the validate stage, even as it's going on simultaneously with the management is at a different level, sort of a different point of view. And if we think back to what we talked about a few episodes ago regarding the multidimensional roadmap, right, that we have a roadmap for really all of our initiatives laid out uh, on a timeline and across the different dimensions of what are the deliverables, what are the um, capabilities that need to be built, and what are the external constraints or enablers, then what we would be doing at the validate stage is not only validating internal to the project and saying, is there anything here that we need to adjust in terms of our course? Do we need to give the project manager or the project team some feedback that says, hey, you know, we're a little off course from where we thought we were going to be, and let's make these adjustments, not in terms of day-to-day -day, uh, dates, milestones, and deliverables, but actually the, the broader objectives perhaps shifting or how we're getting there shifting, but also from the broader roadmap. We may need to make adjustments on our project because of a delay on another project or because of some strategic change that's happened within the organization. It's always difficult for project teams because of the, 
the time that it takes to execute on a project, you know, I, I know many people express frustration that we've heard and you and I probably have experienced it as well, which is by the time you finish the project, the justification for it no longer exists. It was really important when you started and now you've finished and, and suddenly what you did no longer has value. Uh, hopefully, if you've worked through the strategy pillar effectively, then that the risk of that is going to be minimized. And so what we're talking here is not that the value of the project has gone away, but perhaps the goal has somewhat changed because of other changes in the environment or the impact of other projects that are going on or changes in our capability to deliver across the whole suite of projects and initiatives that we have going on. So adjusting based on that broader roadmap to me seems an important part of this validate stage. Yeah. So if we go back to our purpose for this stage, which is to stay on track and in alignment or realign if necessary, uh, do you have some specific steps that we can take some practical steps to apply this? I think I do. I'd love to run them by you and, and get your take on it. So, yeah, let's hear it. Great. First of all, I, I would really like to maybe pivot the way we focus on this because we started out talking about the constraint being sort of the, the difference between theory and reality and the, um, the chaos. But there's another important factor for validation, and that is as we've started executing on the project and continue to execute we have learned some things. We've gotten a better view of the world and the reality of the situation, and we've tested some hypotheses. Uh, would you agree that that's a, an important factor in the validate stage? Yeah, I think that's pretty important, yeah. Okay, so if we take that and we apply it, then I think there are a couple steps that are really me kind of summarizing the things I've heard you say, but that make this into a, a little bit of a, step one, step two, and so forth. And let me just run it by you. So the, the first step is really to validate our destination, validate where we're heading, right? And so that was originally laid out in the business case, but two things happen as you go along in the execution. One is you might realize that you need to clarify the destination. In other words, what you've laid out in the business case might not be clear enough. And, you know, in a project, just very practically speaking, sometimes as you're going along, you realize the scope is not clear enough and you need to clarify the scope, right? So would that be a function of the validate stage? Yeah, because I think sometimes you start out directionally correct because you don't always know the details, but you know directionally where you want to go. And that's a part of just getting started and things do become more clear as you start working on it and getting closer to your destination. But, but yeah, you don't always know specifically. When I go to the grocery store, I know I'm going to the grocery store, but I don't know yet exactly where I'm going to park. That's true. <laughs> That's a, uh, you know, trivial example, but, but things like this are important. But the second thing about the destination is not only might we clarify it, but based on things we've learned, we might even slightly modify it and say, our business case laid out this goal, but now we understand that we need to slightly modify the goal. Would that also be something we do in the validate stage? Yeah, because you could have a few different, I mean, you'll, you should always have the same objectives 
uh, that come out of your map stage, but you might have multiple solutions to get there. And you might, that's what might change as you're going through this process. You might come up with alternative solutions. Yep. Okay. So, so I would say that that is sort of the, the first step of the validate stage is to take what we've learned and the, the reality versus the theory, go back to the business case and say, do we need to clarify and or modify the goal, the destination? Yeah. And another point to make actually is we're also validating the, the value that we're expecting to get. Ah. And one point that, that I've made in the past is sometimes you might want to kill a project before you go too far with it. And if you're validating and you're saying we're doing all the right things, but it doesn't look like it's going to provide the value that we expected to get out of it when we first mapped this. Right. So this is a way to, to cut a project quickly rather than dragging it on too long. Sure. And conversely, you might see that this project is going to create more value than we thought. And so then you might choose to add more resources to it or uh, other changes you would make. So I think you're absolutely right. And that's, as we've talked about before, it's one of the things I appreciate is that you're always focused on, on the value. And it really is that sort of that guiding point that has to be part of every effort in order to stay on track. Yeah. And just to summarize your first, so this is your first point here, which is confirming the destination, right? Is what we're doing here. Yep. Yep. Confirming the destination in three ways, the value, I, I'm going to move that one first, confirming the value, uh, clarifying the destination and, or, and, or modifying the destination. All right. So then the the second point would be that based on what we've learned, based on the hypotheses we've tested and the reality of the situation, are we going to modify how we get to that destination? So are there, are there course changes, not at the level of the detailed project plan, you know, resources shift, that sort of thing, but any fundamental change in the hypothesis we put forward that said, this is how we're going to get to the destination. Going back to my trivial, trivial example I'm going to go to the grocery store and I normally drive this way, but there's a traffic accident. So I'm going to drive a different way, but I'm still going to get to the same groceries. Yeah. And, you know, I think this, this is actually where the solution, well, uh, optional solutions might come in more so than confirming the destination. I think when we're confirming the destination, we're looking at the objectives and the value we're looking to provide. That's our destination. Right. Uh, this is, you know, or do we need to adjust or change anything that might be more about the solution. And this is where we can have optional solutions, but uh, you know, we might be testing one and if it's not working out, we can test another one. And this is where do, you know, we determine, do we need to realign or course correct? Is, is that, is that speaking more towards what you're talking about here? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. And I guess one of my questions for you or for both of us, we can think about this, but how would, uh, as we thought about in my first step, value being an important one, when you think about how you're going to do it, that's where you get to your cost, right? Changes in how you do something affect what it costs to do it, what resources you need and so forth. So would there not be another sort of evaluation point here, which is, we haven't changed the expected value. We haven't changed the uh, 
the goal, but we realize it's going to cost us more to get there than we intended. And this is where a lot of times people get stuck in the, in the sunk cost fallacy and think, well, we got to keep going. But if the value hasn't changed, but the cost has increased, that might be another reason to kill a project. Yeah, that's, that's true. So I think what we're coming up against here is kind of the, the how we're getting there. So the destination is where we're going, but we have to get there through the use of resources, whether it's human resources or financial resources. And then we have the solution that's driving us there. Um, Those could all change based on what you've now learned. The destination shouldn't have changed, but with this new information you have, as you've been working through a project, uh, these other things might need to change the resources or the solutions. Yeah. Okay. So then my third step is that you take what you've changed about the business case, any changes to the destination, changes to the method of how you're going to get there, and take that back to the multidimensional roadmap, which is going to be evaluated on a regular basis. And so any changes to one project need to be incorporated into the multidimensional roadmap to see how it impacts other projects. Yeah, basically, you want to see how does the realignment or the adjustments that you're proposing how does that impact everybody else? Right. So that you can, you know, you do want to see what is the holistic impact of any changes that you're proposing. So, yeah. Yeah. So if you have anything to add or modify about this, that would be great. But if I summarize kind of what, what I see, the three-step process for validate is confirm your destination, confirm how you're going to get there, and then take any changes back to the multidimensional roadmap to see how it impacts every, everybody else. Yep. Yeah. Now, I think that's a good three-step approach, and I think it brings some practicality to, uh, to everything that we've been talking about here on how to validate uh, the, the business case or the use case that we're executing on and ultimately stay on track. Because that is, you know, again, this is what this validate stage is about, is staying on track as we're executing on something. How can we make sure that we're in alignment or do we need to realign based on new information we have? Outstanding. Well, I've learned a lot from this, so I appreciate it. Thanks, Jeremy. No, it sounds good. Thanks for bringing up those three points. I think it adds some practicality here. So it all sounds good. Good. Well, we'll continue to explore this in the next episode. In the meantime, we'd love to connect with folks. If you go to mentalsupermodels.com, you'll find links there to connect with me and with Jeremy on LinkedIn. Feel free to do that. We'd love to meet you. Also at mentalsupermodels.com slash 12. That will be the show notes for this episode. Excellent. I'll see you next time. All right. We'll see you.